listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today's going to be a good one. I've got my father with me today, evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth. And uh, we're going to be talking about what it takes to be and stay anointed. Love you, Dad. Welcome. Good morning. How are you doing? <laughs> Excellent. We've been in revival at the I'm church. I'm still thinking about student debt. Yeah. My advice, don't go to college. That's my advice, too. And find a good Bible school like the river or somewhere and go there and offer yourself to the Lord. Yep. The world's got enough idiots. We don't need you to become one because the teaching in our colleges is completely, uh, really in juxtaposition to education. Yeah. It's a, it's a de-evolution uh, de of thinking and it's, uh, uh, it's not even critical thinking. It's, uh, it's pretty much monkey see, monkey do. Propaganda. So if you'd like to become a monkey, go to a secular university. Yeah. If you'd like to become a man or woman that God uses, Get into a Bible school. We, we yeah. know many. Teddy can let you know. Mm -hmm. We need all hands on deck. We don't need anybody joining up with the world. We need everybody yeah. getting the gospel out because Jesus is coming very, very soon. Yeah. And I'm not just kidding. I'm serious. I am too. I think it's a waste of time so do I. to go to universities and colleges in this present hour for a child of God, a yeah. young man, a young woman. Don't waste your life with critical thinking that is actually nothing more than uh, a mishmash nowadays. I was looking at some things they teach in school, and it's a, a mixture of socialism, communism, and stupidity. Yeah. Make your choice. But God's given you a good mind. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. God has lifted you, exalted you, mm -hmm. and modern-day university will... Uh, will not uh, lift you up into the place God has for you. you know, so just just forget about that stupidity and get into the Word of God, which we're going to talk about, yeah. the anointing, and offer yourself to God as a worker, a laborer mm -hmm. in the harvest. Because the Bible does say in the last days that the harvest is plenteous, yep. but the laborers, Ted, are, yeah. are few. You know, it's sad mm -hmm. when like people that aren't even, you know, Holy Ghost-filled Christians are taking that stance. Like I was listening to Dr. Jordan Peterson, who's a clinical psychologist from the University of Toronto. And he said, basically all of the mess that you see in culture and society today can be laid at the feet of liberal universities. And he teaches in a liberal university. Must be nice to have tenure. But he, he, he basically said it. He said, We're, they're teaching propaganda. It's brainwashing. They're, they're basically... Uh, they're not teaching people to think critically anymore. It's just basically do what your emotions tell you and uh, learn to be offended at everything. And so when you've got people on the, the, the staff of the liberal university saying, we're the problem, you know there's a problem. <laughs> and I totally agree. You know who said that recently that, uh, that got a lot of flack for it was another guy, unsaved guy, Gary Vaynerchuk. He, he told people, it's a waste of time to go to college. Don't go to college. Good people, for him. People hammered him for it. But you know what? It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And the, more than anything, of course, we know the anointing is the most important thing. And 
if you, the sad thing to me, we're talking about schools, people send their kids, you know, to public schools and public schools have been ter- become terrible. There's been a bigger exodus. I was talking to Pastor Alan Hawes about this. There's been a bigger exodus from public schools in the last 15 years than there has been in the history of public schools. People are waking up to the fact that uh, there's plenty of propaganda and school boards are far overstepping their uh, boundaries. But (laughs) one of the things that I never, (laughs) Carolyn said, I'll be doing homeschool college. (laughs) But you know what's interesting to me is that people make that argument. I did a whole broadcast on it of, you know, we keep our kids in public school to be a light in the darkness, but their kids aren't ready to be a light. They've not been prepared. We're losing them. Yeah, we're losing them. You can't send a second grader into public school and say, well, they're a light. They don't know anything. Even, you know, that's true when kids go to college and they're college age and you lose them. They're not even ready at that age because they've not been prepared. And so it's, public schools are a cesspool. I saw a a clip of a teacher in a sixth grade class uh, telling the students, do not trust your parents. Your parents are not to be trusted. They're not the authority. Uh, basically undermining the foundation of biblical uh, pattern for families, the father, the mother, children, and uh, the home is very, very much under an attack right now. Yeah. And we need to stand up and talk to people straight You don't have to be unkind about it. You can be nice. But uh, I had someone the other day, I I was in a store and they started talking to me. I said, first of all, I don't know who you are. And then I said this, you've heard me say it. And I said, and I wouldn't follow you to the bathroom, let alone Helen back. Amen. And left (laughs) them scratching their head. Uh, They didn't, but they wanted me to shop a certain way, walk a certain way. And it was a good thing I was safe because I was going to take them into the sporting goods section and show them how boxing gloves work. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so glad they took those stupid arrows off the ground at the grocery stores. That was the, one of the dumbest things well, I've ever seen in my life. It was confusing the virus. <laughs> yeah. Because the virus was going the other way of the arrow and yeah. it just wasn't working. Absolutely ridiculous. People believe it. Hook, line, and sinker, they swallowed it. And I'm glad you don't have to wear a mask to go to your table. The virus works at seven feet, but not at four feet. Very smart viruses. Yeah. I'm through with the whole mess. I think people that believe that, you're stupid. <laughs> and you need to get help. Yeah. I'm talking about mental help. Yeah. Something's wrong with you. Amen. Fear. What See, it, it, fear. Makes people We're going to talk about the anointing. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. But fear is just a, as evil as anything. And fear stands against the faith of God stands against your faith. It keeps you from receiving from the Lord the miracles you need, the help you need. It causes you to be disgruntled with other people that are around you. You're afraid of people. I I saw one lady the other day run from another lady because the lady coughed. And as she's running by me, did mom tell you what I said? No. I said, it's okay. She just got back from China. She'll be fine. (laughs) And anyhow, so praise God. Yeah, fear does paralyze and it makes you stupid, makes you make stupid decisions. Never make a decision when you're in fear. Yeah, absolutely. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. God is love and God provided the anointing. I like what Paul said to Timothy 
God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The spirit of power. You know, that's really, you know, when I was in Bible school, there was a, a teacher who was breaking that passage down and actually said to the class, now, you know, this doesn't mean that fear is actually a spirit. He said, because in context, if it was, then power, love, and a sound mind would also have to be spirits. Yeah, the and Holy I, Spirit. I thought, yeah, actually they are spirits. The Bible says, uh, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He's a spirit. God is love. And that's, he said, he's a spirit. And a sound mind is the Holy Spirit that, uh, the peace of God that guards your heart and minds. But, so I said, they are, they are all spirits. So apparently he hadn't thought that through. But it's the spirit of power. And um, that's really the anointing. You know, why, why do we have the anointing? It's the empowerment of God. You'll receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The thought that I wanted my dad to kind of speak about today, because sadly, you know, in our generation, there are a lot of people that are not, and I'll put it a certain way and I'll tell you why. There's a lot of people that aren't manifesting the anointing. The reason I say it that way is because I'm sure there's going to be some stickler that logs onto the broadcast and says, well, everybody's anointed if you're a Christian. Everyone's got the anointing. And that's true. We all have the Holy Spirit and access to the power of God, but that doesn't mean that everybody manifests the power of the Holy Ghost. Just because that in potential you have it doesn't mean in actuality you're using it. And so it's like me saying that, you know, my body could at some point bench press 350 pounds. I could get there. Wow. But I'm not there right now. Oh, okay. And so if I went into the gym and threw that on the rack and had a spotter lifted off, I'm crushing all these ribs because I'm not at that place. Doesn't mean I can't get there, but I'm not there right now. So potential is different than actualized manifestation. And so that's why we need to talk about it because there are things that we need to do to uh, manifest the power of God and to stay anointed. And I think that staying anointed is the key, especially in 2021, the final hours of time where the Bible said people's hearts would grow cold and people fall away from the faith. So my father, who has been in the ministry, uh, faithfully manifesting the power of God for decades, uh, I'd like him to speak on centuries. that. Centuries. Centuries he's been doing this since, uh, you know, sooner was a pup. And so, but seriously, if, if, if you understand that the main issue with churches, why they're not producing, why Christians aren't in victory. It's not because, uh, you know, we didn't have the right structure or any of these things. It's the anointing of God. If you don't have the anointing, you don't have anything. doesn't matter how great your administration is. doesn't matter how great your service schedule is. doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. If you don't have the anointing, you don't have anything. And um, what would you say to that, Dad? Well, let's look at it. Biblically, first of all, not everybody is anointed. The sinner is not anointed. Right. The ungodly, the Bible speaks of, the wicked. Yep. They have no anointing of God's spirit. Mm -hmm. The only ones that are anointed are those that have the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, he's the one that brings the ability, the capacity, the force of God to bear. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you're anointed. The Bible tells us the importance of following Christ. The first thing he told him before he went away, 
Terry, wait in Jerusalem till you receive power or the anointing, the endowment of God's power from on high. And so it was so critical that these disciples who had already healed the sick, they had already cast out devils, they had already cleansed lepers, they had done the things Jesus told them to do. But even doing that, that is what we would call ministry. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for living and for your life every single day. And so when you read the Bible, there are measures to faith. For example, look at Romans chapter 12, son, there, verse 3. I want you to listen to this because you have to have a starting point. And we're not emphasizing the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit like we should. But we're living in a day, I believe that you're going to be surprised at the people that God's going to fill with the Holy Ghost. I believe it without any question. But listen to this. Is this in the um, English standard? Uh, mm -hmm. Listen to these words. Go ahead, son. For by, 12, 3. for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. All right, stop right there. It's a mental game. Um, the flesh wars against the spirit, but the mind is the battlefield. And he's talking about thinking here, isn't he, son? And what he's saying is, you're not all that in a box of Cracker Jacks. <laughs> you know, sometimes we have been taught, build the inner self. You are the me that can do it and so forth. That's really, <clears throat> that's really the, the sin of Lucifer in Isaiah 14. I will be like the most high guy. And, and any time you focus on yourself in the area of building yourself up, you're always headed down the wrong path. The only way you can increase spiritually, mentally, physically, is by the grace. Now, that's what it said there. A grace, a gift. And the gift is the Holy Spirit. The gift that I believe Paul's talking about is the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, he deals with this. And then read the last part. Think of this now. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, mm -hmm. each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And there it is, the measure that God has given or assigned to you. Now, let me give you this example. Let's say, Ted, that God has given someone a measure of faith to reach 100 souls. And that, that's wonderful. But they only reach 50. Well, as you see it as God sees it, they didn't succeed with the measure that they had. Here's another person. God gives them a measure to reach 50 souls. But they reach 100. They reach 100. And so... They exceeded the measure, which means faith can increase. So let's say we look at two people and we'll just talk about church for a minute. Here's a man. He's got 
or a, a woman, they got 500 people in ministry following them. Here's another one, they got uh, 50. But in God's sight, the one with 50 may have only had a measure to reach 20. And the one with 500 may have had a measure to reach 2,000, but only reach 500. And so in man's sight, we would say the one with 500 is greater than the one with just 50. But in God's sight, because he goes by the measure of faith you operate in, the one with 50 is operating in a greater level than the one with 500. You see what I mean? And so it's wrong to judge yourself by others. That's why the Bible says comparing yourself among yourself, you're unwise. The key, friends, is this. God has a measure for you. You've got to pray that out. And you've got to get filled up with the Holy Ghost. And you can be saved, but that doesn't mean you're anointed. Some of Paul's early problems came from those that they claimed to be saved, but they wanted to hold to Judaism over the new faith of Christianity. And what did they do? They did everything they could to put uh, Paul in prison, hinder him, have him beaten, whatever they could do. Now, they were supposed to be followers of Christ, but there was a mixture there. And so the anointing doesn't come on a mixture. The Bible says in James, the first chapter, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That means in your living, in your sleeping, I mean in everything. Some of you have a hard time getting to sleep at night. It's because you get troubled in your spirit, your mind. And the anointing, I tell you, I never had trouble going to sleep. Every time I'd pray at night, sometimes I fell asleep on my knees next to the bed. But in the anointing is peace and rest and joy. And it, it causes us, it causes us to have the mind of God. And when we're talking about the anointing, the, the title of this again, son, is what? What is it? You're, you're... How to be and stay anointed. And I think going down this path for a moment, we need to understand we have to learn how to operate in the measure God's given us because he anoints what he's done. He anoints what he's given you. He works with what he's assigned you. And if God's assigned you something, given you something, that's where the strongest anointing is. It's like throwing darts. You go to bullseye. You can come out to the next ring, not as many points, come out to the outer ring, not as much. The key is to stay centered on the call that God's given you. And there's two things that the Bible says will help us to do that. Now, what did the Bible say concerning God's men for the anointing? He said... The man of God, and we could say the woman of God, there's mighty women who are used of God, is to be given to the study of the word and prayer. Now, the word, the Bible says the spirit agrees or works with the word. Well, when we're talking about the spirit, you're talking about the anointing. So it just stands to reason the more 
you fill up on the word, then the more you're going to operate in the anointing. Then secondly, you're to be given to prayer. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to ask my son to read it out of the English Standard Version again. But let's look at verses 17 and 18 in the book of Ephesians. And you that are watching, I hope you'll take notes or go back and watch this later. But this, this is key for God to use you in a bigger way. Go ahead, son. Uh, you want to start with 17 and 18? Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now, there is the inclusiveness of that, which is all the saints. Mm -hmm. That's the whole body of Christ. It starts with, get the helmet of salvation. And then what was the next thing he said in verse 17? The sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. Now you can check this in any concordance or in a word study like Weiss. But when it says the sword of the Spirit, it's not talking about the Holy Spirit. It means the spirit of a man. The, the sword speaks of a weapon. The spirit is that man or that woman. And so when you get saved, God doesn't leave you defenseless. He puts a sword in your hand. Now, if I remember right, son, the Bible says that the word of God is powerful, sharper than a two-edged what? Sword. Sword. See? So when you get saved, you want to be anointed, you've got to get into the Word and get it in your spirit. It's the sword or the Word for your spirit. And the more words you know, the stronger you'll get because the anointing, the spirit agrees with the Word. And so, friend, what happens is the more you fill up with the Word, the more you fill up with God's words, then the more you become anointed. So this first thought, and I like the title that Ted picked for this, my son, is you have to be, if you're going to be a great man or a woman of God, folks, you've got to be given to the study of the word and the prayer, understanding, Romans 12, 3, there's a measure of faith. A measure of faith. Now, I think it's in Luke's gospel. The disciples were watching Jesus operate, Teddy. And they said, Lord, remember this? They said, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Then what did Jesus tell them? Do you remember in that verse? What did he say? He said, if you say under the sycamine tree, be thou removed and cast into the sea. He, he told them they had to say something. Faith is increased by your confession. Faith is increased by your confession. Now, I have a favorite passage I love. Turn, son, to Romans, the 10th chapter. 
And let's look at verses 8, 9, and 10. And you at home or wherever you're watching this or listening to this. Romans, the 10th chapter, verses 8, 9, and 10. Now listen to this because I like this version that Teddy studies and reads from. He just got me a copy and thanks, son, for that. And I'm going to start marking that Bible up. Amen. <laughs> but listen to this. Go ahead, Ted. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. All right. The word, we're talking about the word still, talking about the anointing. But here, Paul said, it's right near you. It's about two inches under your nose. It's in your mouth. The word is where, son? In your mouth and in your heart. Now that listen to this. It's twofold, two elements. Your mouth, that's confession. Your heart, that's the believing part. Mm -hmm. That is the word of faith that we could proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. Now that word saved there is an interesting word. There are two words that we read in the Bible when it comes to salvation in the original language. One is soterio, which means, salvation. as you know, son, salvation. There's a second word that's used, and I believe if you look, secondarily it's used here, it's the word sozo. So when it says that with the mouth, confession is made, but with the heart, salvation is obtained. That word sozo has a fourfold meaning. Um, it means basically a restoration of everything the devil's taken. That's the easiest way to say it. It means salvation for your spirit, man. It means healing for your body. Did you know it also takes on the meaning of prosperity or provision? Yep. And when we think of the area of being restored from sin to salvation is not restoration. When you're changed from a sinner and you become a child of God, that's transformation. Metamorphosis, you're, you're made into the image of God. But it doesn't stop their son. And the key is to understand if you're going to be anointed, you've got to talk right. You've got to speak some things. And literally, this is where the gift of prophecy is so powerful. When you get anointed by the Holy Spirit and you prophesy, you're speaking either something that will charge you up, something that uh, exhorts or produces faith, Hello, Jamaica. I used to have an apartment in Jamaica. <laughs> God bless you. But uh, literally, when you speak things under the anointing, by the gift of prophecy, those words go up and touch your future, but produce results in the present realm of either charging you up, exhorting faith, but the third part, Teddy, is thank you. And you have a happy day, too. Uh, our Jamaican friend. Hello, Brian. <laughs> but, um, son, I just believe this. A lot of people could have more of the anointing 
if they just learned to talk right. If they would learn to speak because it comes from your mouth and it comes and is received and believed in your heart. Now here's the thought. I saw someone commented earlier. I don't remember who it was, so it's no big deal. But no, not every Christian is anointed. That's not what the Bible teaches. There are some that they practice it, having a form of godliness. But think about this. Hello, Isaiah. They have a form of godliness, but the Bible says they deny the power. That's the anointing. So you can go through the form. You can go through the ritualism of it, what some call the ecclesiastical order. You can have everything lined up. But if you don't allow the power of it, the free flow of the spirit. And this is the problem right now. Some of it's doctrinal. Some, we, got, we got some of our so-called leaders that are heavy into Calvinism and hyper-Calvinism. You'll never know the Holy Ghost ever if you follow after false doctrine. It takes the word. Not just prayer or the spirit. It also takes the word. It's like two oars on a boat. One oar is the word. The other oar is the spirit. If all you do is just pull on the word, you're going to go in circles. Having that area of knowledge of the word is not enough, see. And that's where a lot of folks miss it. Well, you know, I'm a stickler for the word. Good. But you also got to be a stickler for the spirit. If all you do is all based on, well, I didn't feel anything. I'm believing for the spirit to move. You're, you're going to go in circles still. It takes both the word and the spirit working together. In Bible school, I remember one of our teachers said, all word and no spirit, you dry up. All spirit and no word, you blow up. But the spirit and the word together, you grow up. And maturity is the end goal in the anointing. You want to be stronger than you are today. You want to be more sensitive to the things of the spirit than you were yesterday. You want to go forward in faith, folks. And God wants you to do that. Yes. God is working. He's on your side. He's the one that's pushing to put you through and to help you get over. And so you cannot allow condemnation to come upon you. And that's why the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation. What, son? To them that are in Christ Jesus. Yep. Amen. So Amen. the anointing has to do with the Christ life. Right. Well, like Robert was asking earlier, when my father was mentioning comparing yourselves among yourselves, you're unwise. And he asked, what about seeing those that operate in the gifts and wanting to be able to manifest the power of God like they do? That's not comparing. That's that, desiring. Right. There's Big a difference. difference. Uh, Paul said to the church, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Well, if you didn't have somebody to look at as an example, there'd be nobody to imitate. And so the imitation that Paul, not only that, when Paul couldn't make it to the churches, he said, I'm sending my son Timothy to teach you to live like I live. Right. That's another imitation. 
So you do have to have a standard to compare to. There's positive comparison and there's negative comparison. Positive comparison is the desire to do the things God's commanded you to do and seeing an earthly example of someone who is doing that thing. Negative comparison is when you compare in such a way that it creates greed or it creates jealousy or it creates lust. In that way, it's a negative comparison. You're to stop all comparison that would create division or greed or jealousy. Those types of comparisons are destructive. But the type of comparison that Paul taught was look at those who by faith have what? Obtained the promises of God. You compare yourself to those that are ahead. I always tell people it this way. Don't compare backwards, compare forwards. If you're always comparing backwards, that's a problem. If you compare forwards, then you're doing what Paul, right. by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was teaching. Look for those that have obtained the promises of God and do what they do. And in that way, it's not wrong, Robert, to see somebody who's operating in the power of God and say, you know what, I want to do it like they do it. As the disciples said, the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And people always wonder, why, why did they ask that? Right. They, they never said, teach us to work miracles or teach us to raise the dead. They said, teach us to pray. They must have understood that all that Jesus did came from the foundation of his prayer life. And so they actually, they actually had seen, they were comparing their prayer life to Jesus' prayer life and saying, you know what? We really don't know how to pray. So teach us to pray. And so there should be somebody that you can find on the earth that is doing the thing you're called to do that you can learn from, receive impartation from, and uh, it helps you to do that. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's interesting to me. Remember when the disciples saw another disciple healing the sick and casting out devils? Mm -hmm. And the first thing they did was they started the old boy club. Right. He's not a part of us. He, he, hey, 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 Jesus. And they started comparing themselves in some ways as being superior because that man had not followed and worked with them. Right. But you see, the man was imitating Christ. Right. So that's an example of where comparison was wrong. Mm -hmm. And they were comparing the man's ability to operate in the things of the spirit to the fact that he wasn't a part of the old boys club. And anytime you have anything that separates you or... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It gets you off your focus. Uh, it gets you off track. Then it brings you to a place really where that power, that anointing is diffused. And it doesn't, it doesn't operate to the strength uh, that it could. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we want people to be happy. God wants you to be happy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. God wants you to have a full life, an abundant life. But focus is everything. And so I, I agree with what Ted said. It's not wrong to look after those who are desiring the same things you're desiring. In fact, sometimes they can be an example that leads you a little deeper. Or maybe a revelation will come. Maybe today while you're listening, you'll hear something. Oh, I never thought of that before. And that's how the Lord works. He does use other people to encourage us and to encourage you and, and to bring us into a fuller anointing. But 
let me just say this. Demas could not have had a greater group of men to work with than Paul and Barnabas. But even though he had those examples, he lost the anointing. Mm -hmm. How did he lose it? The Bible says, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. So there are some distractions. There are some hindrances that will keep you from operating in that full anointing. Like I was watching a particular fellow. God's giving him a ministry. But every time something comes up with his home or his business, he turns his back on the anointing or ministry to take care of it. Well, he doesn't realize that he's taking steps away from the anointing. You think I, I didn't feel bad if I couldn't be with my son or my daughter when it was their birthdays or basketball games? I, I was out preaching. I wanted to be there. Sure. I remember getting behind the wheel of my car and seeing my kids in the backyard as I pulled out to go preach. I had to grit my teeth and drive the first hour. Just that, that thing tearing at me that I'm not with my family. But I made a choice. My choice was, I will preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the goodness of God is, all these years later, my children are around me. And they're working in the things of God. I mean, I've driven a thousand miles. Uh, can I tell this, son, without being upsetting anybody? I drove <laughs> almost a thousand miles to a meeting. And my wife and I, we had no money. We got there. The car was empty. Clyde White drove me to the meeting. He lived in that area. He come and got us. We didn't have a hotel. So Clyde took us to his house. God bless you, Clyde. Well, I'm preaching. It's a Sunday night service. The pastor gets up. Now this offering is going to go to the church. I want everybody to give your best. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. God wants his church blessed. Then he got up. And he said, now I'm going to take a second offering. I want to buy a cow on Monday. And I'm going to need about 300 and some dollars. Now this is years ago before you were born. And 300 and some dollars would be like a thousand bucks today. Well, he labored amongst the people till he had the money to buy his cow. And I get up and preach. And he goes, now tonight we're going to take up a, a love offering for our evangelist. And he's already raked the people over for two big offerings. But I just stayed, try to keep sweet. God gave us good meat. Well, <laughs> he called it a love offering. I always tell people, you don't have to love me to give, just give. That's the right thing. <laughs> but anyhow, <laughs> the offering, Brother Donnie, was $7.00. $7. I have no gas. I have no way to get where I'm going. I got seven bucks. So there was a Hardee's that was open there in town. I said to him, pastor and his wife, I said, come on with me and Bonnie. We're going to Hardee's. Well, it's very expensive to eat out. I said, it's all right. I'm going to take care of it. Ladies and gentlemen, I just had enough to buy his meal for his big fat belly. And his wife and her big fat belly and my dear wife who was skinny, skinny as a rail and nothing for me. And it came to like six dollars and 
some sense. And I took that seven and I put it back into them, not for them, but for the anointing to stay with me. Because I don't mind telling you, when I left the service that night, I couldn't feel the anointing anywhere. <laughs> I couldn't feel Jesus in the parking lot. <laughs> but I took those two big old fat folks to Hardy's. And God bless them, they scarfed it down. I felt bad for the cow he was going to buy Monday. I wasn't sure he'd even get it fully raised before he killed it and ate it. <laughs> but as I was blessing them, I tell you, God's my witness, the anointing came on me strong in Hardy's. And I, I got laughing. <laughs> and my wife, Bonnie's looking at me. She's wondering, why is he a laughing? I thought, just think, I just helped two fat folks get fatter. And I paid for it myself. And I did it with a spirit of love. And I got nothing. I'm on a force fast. But my wife got to eat. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. And I left there. And uh, Clyde <laughs> come by to pick us up, took us to his house. And I got to his house and I was laughing. What's so funny? You know, Clyde had that North Carolina accent. What's so funny, Brother Ted? I said, oh, the Lord just helped me to bless some folks. Amen. I didn't use the word fat. I just said folks. Amen. God knew. <laughs> and <clears throat> both of those people did not have a good conclusion in their life. I'm convinced if you don't value the anointing, then you will never succeed in life. And you know what I base it on, son? The ten virgins that Jesus talked about. How many were foolish? Five foolish, five. Five. Wise. How many were wise? Five. Five. You want to compare? There's a comparison. But here was the thing. Those that were foolish didn't want to spend any money to have the oil, oil speaking of the anointing. But the five wise had oil in their lamp waiting for the bridegroom to come. They had already invested their money in the oil because they believed the master was coming. The bridegroom is coming. But the foolish ones, they didn't want to part with any money. Oh, they wanted the Lord to come. And this is why I say, not everybody's a Christian is anointed. Some of you, the oil leaked out of your lamp and you don't know how to get it back. That's why we're teaching along these lines. Well, the Bible says in that midnight hour, the master came. But the foolish didn't get the blessing. I've learned, believe it or not, one of the keys to the anointing is to be a generous giver. I learned it in Hardee's, <laughs> taking care of two fat people. <laughs> sucking down grease and their faces shining. Amen. They were saving some grease for later. But I'm just telling you, I did it. Joy came. The anointing came. I was all right. And Clyde's uh, dad, I had a trailer. I went down there and I'd burned the brakes out on my car, bringing it over the mountain. And I'll never forget Clyde's dad wanted that trailer. I couldn't use it. I said, yeah, your dad can have it. 
And his dad said, no, I'm not going to take it from him. And sent over some money. And I took that money, put gas in the car, got up to Tidewater where my parents live, and had enough to get the brakes fixed. And had money left in my pocket. Now I could have whined and complained and say, oh, woe is me. I don't understand why this is happening to me. Or I can become... The, the master of my own destiny by saying, I'm not going to let two fat folk destroy the anointing in my life. <laughs> For you, it may not be fat folk. For you, it might be something else. But whatever it is that is coming against your anointing, my friend, learn to be generous even when it looks like you're losing out. Because I left their son with more money than what it came with. Mm -hmm. And certainly more than they gave me. But I left $6 and change at Hardy's <laughs> to bless them fat people. Well, the Bible says that God releases the anointing. And he causes a blessing to come. And he delights in it. The psalmist said, 35th Psalm. In the prosperity of his servants. And so the delight of God, the blessing of God, which we're talking about the anointing, it comes as we pursue him, the Lord, he in turn pursues us. And sometimes that anointing will come on you in the, in the places you least suspect it. Here comes the anointing. The Spirit of God comes on you. One time I was with John Perky Teddy and we were walking through the mall in Kansas City. And his dad, Mike, uh, had said to me, he said, my son's not living really for the Lord right now. Could he spend the day with you and just, you know, go with you? I said, sure. Well, we went and as we're coming through the mall, I saw a woman in the makeup section sitting in a chair holding her head. And the Lord said to me, her blood pressure is high and she's battling diabetes. And her daughter was there, two beautiful African-American women, just, you know, that's why they're in the makeup shop. They're taking care of business. But the attack comes. And the Lord told me, was, I said, ma'am, can I pray for you? Of course. I said, I know what's wrong with you. You're battling diabetes and high blood pressure. Her eyes got big. She said, yes, sir. I said, well, I said, I don't know if you're a Christian. I feel that you are. But the anointing has just come on me to pray for you. And her daughter said, yes, sir, we are believers. Well, I laid hands on her right there next to Revlon. I found out God can anoint makeup. <laughs> and every woman ought to shout hallelujah. <laughs> now, Revlon doesn't do a big business in Rhode Island, where my wife's from. But everywhere else, they're doing pretty good. <laughs> They're au naturel in Rhode Island. But anyhow, <laughs> I say that because I think my wife's watching. But <laughs> the Lord healed that woman. And she stood up and started shouting in the mall there in Lenexa. Well, I look at John. The anointing, start, he's starting to feel it. Now, he's not living right at this time. But see, the anointing is attractive. The anointing is magnetic. The anointing makes you want to be around it and around him, the Lord. So we go in 
to, do you remember Kenny's shoe stores? Yeah. And there's a guy there. And the Lord says to me, now listen to this. Listen. First of all, Andrew, I saw that. Just get out of the church. Go somewhere else. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> the Lord speaks to me in Kenny's shoe store. I'm mm -hmm. talking about the anointing. The anointing. See, what happened was, Brother Perky put a demand on the anointing for his son's salvation. Right. And one of the ways that the anointing is increased is when it's being used for the winning of the lost mm -hmm. or souls. Well... I look at the guy and the, the Lord says to me, we got a lady here, she's a cowgirl. The Lord says, tell him that the sore on the, uh, the horse's fetlock will be healed. So I, I said to him, I, I'm not dumb, I asked the question. I said, you have a horse? He said, yeah. I said, well, when he said, yeah, then I knew the rest was right. I said, when you left this morning, you were putting some kind of a, 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 a bomb, a solution on its fetlock. He said, were you watching me? I said, no, but the Lord is. Oh, are you a Christian? I said, yeah. I said, I believe the Holy Spirit has just anointed me to tell you. Now listen to this. This is great. To tell you the horse is going to be all right. But see, it wasn't really about the horse. It's about John. It's not about the horse, about John. God is so wonderful. Well, listen to this. The guy said, I'm new here. I just moved here. And he told me where he's from. And I said, I've preached there. Who'd you preach for? I said, Pastor Smith. He's my friend. I said, really? Yeah. He said, we eat donuts every morning at the local coffee shop, which explained why Brother Smith was so fat. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, Brother Harley, I loved him. He's a great man. And I said, just held a meeting for him. Well, he said, isn't that something? He said, now listen to this, folks. He said, I'm looking for a, a preacher he told me about. Hello, hiya, Leon from Saskatchewan. He said, I'm looking for a preacher. Have you ever heard of a Mike Perky? I said, this is his son right here. He said, get out of here. I look at John, tears are starting to come in his eyes. I said, yeah. I said, I'm actually preaching for Mike Perky this week. He said, I'll be there. So we leave there, and I see John is shaking now under the anointing. The anointing is released not only when you put a demand on the anointing, but when you yield to the anointing. you got to want it. That's right. If you don't want it, you ain't going to get it. But if you want it, you'll get it. Hello, Louisville. Now, we go down. What was those shops they had them in Oklahoma? Suit shops. Back rack. Back rack. So we go out and we're standing in front of the back rack. And I see a guy in there. Now it's all the Holy Ghost. I said to John, I said, you see that guy in there? It's about 80 yards away. We're on the other side of the mall. Yeah, I can see. I said, he's demon possessed. And John actually looked at me and he said, come on, Brother Ted. I said, I'm just telling you, he's got a devil. I said, let me prove it to you. So I point my finger. It's about 80-some yards over. It's almost not a full football field, but it's a ways down the mall. And I said, I command the devil in that man to come out in the name of Jesus. All of a sudden, there was a commotion. 
<laughs> the guy throws his bag up in the air and runs out of back rack and out of the mall. <laughs> and the manager comes out with the bag and can't find the guy. I said, come on, John, let's go over. We go over. And so <laughs> he said, I don't know what happened to that guy. He went crazy. I said, no, the devil come out of him. And this young fellow was from Australia that was the manager. He said, the devil came out of him? I said, yeah. I said, I just cast the devil out of him. He looks at me. He said, talk to me. I said, all right, you're a sinner. You need Christ. And the Lord just showed you the reality of demon powers. Now give your heart to the Lord. I led him to the Lord in the back rack right by the cash register. I look at John. I think John snuck in and got saved right there too. Tears running down his face. That was the anointing. The anointing for that dear woman in the makeup shop. The anointing at Kenny's shoe store. The anointing at back rack. In the mall. Not in church, not at an altar, but in the mall. We would call that the marketplace. And so the anointing, the anointing is so wonderful that if you pursue that anointing and you're faithful to it, God will use you anywhere you go. What? Why, son? For souls. That's right. For souls. Yep. You can't properly do what you're called to do if you're not anointed, if you're not manifesting the power of God. You see, uh, the Bible teaches, and you can see it clearly, Acts 19, there's a big difference when you go to war with the powers of darkness when you don't have the anointing than when you do. Seven sons of a priest named Sceva came down the road, tried to cast a demon out. Demon-possessed man leapt on them, beat them, stripped them naked, sent them back down the road, bruised, bloody, and naked. But there was no demon that ever smacked Jesus around. There was no demon that ever smacked the apostles around. But they would bow down low before them and beg them yes. to not harass us. So that shows you when you have the anointing, you can harass the devil. Yeah, even the devils know if you're anointed. Right. Did mom ever tell you by the time we were in Toronto, Canada going to that uh, young China to eat? I don't know. And Papa Brown, your grandfather, he wasn't saved at the time. And he was with us, and your grandmother, your mom, and Lynn and Debbie Carey. Mm -hmm. So the girls, Debbie and mom and your grandmother were up ahead of us, and I'm walking. So Papa Brown says, your grandfather said, have you ever been here before? I said, no, sir, this is the first time I've ever been here. Oh, he said. When all of a sudden, two drunks come out of a bar on that street, Young Street, and start following me, and they're behind me they're going, we know you're a man of God. We know you're a preacher. I mean, I never met him in my life. And your grandfather looks at me and said, I thought you just told me you'd never been here. I said, I haven't. Well, how do they know who you are? And see, this was for his soul, because that was one of the things he always remembered. I said, just a minute. I turned around. I said, I bind you devils in the name of Jesus, and I command you to go. I didn't do it because I didn't want him to get delivered. I wanted my father-in-law, who was not saved, to see the power of God. They spun around, ran right back in the bar, cursing and swearing. <laughs> and so Lynn Carey, you got to know Lynn, he's pretending like he's dancing in the Holy Ghost on the street. <laughs> he said, we just had church. Of course, you know, Papa Brown looked at him and thought, this guy's lighting his loafers. But anyhow, <laughs> he uh, 
But see, the anointing did that. It had nothing to do with me. But demons, they feel the anointing. That's right. They understand the anointing. They are sensitive to the anointing. In this sense, it means their destruction. Right. And you, 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 you are anointed to destroy the works of the devil, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Frank's on. Bartholomew, I remember him. And Eric, God bless you. <laughs> Kim Hallett. I, I, I know all these folks. Diana, God bless you. Praise God. But Ted, it's important to get more of the anointing. Absolutely. Not less. We don't need less of God. We need more of God. No question. The Bible says Jesus came or was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling in your body right now. Hallelujah. The same spirit. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The same purpose that Jesus had. He said, the works that I do, you'll do them also. And even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father in heaven. That meant I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now that you've got the Holy Ghost, you have the ability to destroy the works of the devil. And before we do anything else today, I want my father to pray for those of you that are watching. I've had so many people write in. People need miracles. People need healing. People are praying for deliverance, family members. There's so many prayer requests, but it's the anointing that brings the answer. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that brings healing and deliverance, breakthrough. And so those of you who need a miracle, I want you to get ready to receive the power of God today. Believe that today's your day to receive a miracle. It doesn't take God 20 years no. to do what he needs to do. He can do it in 20 seconds. So stretch your faith out and receive it as we pray for you today. Praise God. Amen. You know, the anointing is very valuable. And the lack of the anointing in our lives causes us to be, in many ways, bankrupt. The value of the anointing is this. There's nothing that can happen to you that God's Spirit can't do something about it. I think I said just two minutes ago, we don't need less of God, we need more of God. And we love, we love people. God loves people. And he values you so much that he sent his spirit as a believer to give you power to become a witness. And the core and central thought of the anointing is souls. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost, he's come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Glory. The word witness there means with evidence. What is the evidence? The Bible says these signs will follow them that believe. We're back to believing. God confirms his word with signs following. That's the anointing. If I could heal people, I'd go to the hospital and empty them out. I'd go to the children's hospital there uh, uh, up in uh, Tennessee. I'd empty it out. But you see, man can't heal. I tell people, I can't heal a fly with a broken wing. But I know a man that can, and his name is Jesus. 
and it's by the anointing. Now I'm talking to you, but I feel the anointing coming right to you right now. What is that anointing doing for you? First of all, whatever word you have heard has now gotten in your spirit and it can't be removed. Now it's like a coffee pot on the fire. It's bubbling. Fire of the Holy Ghost is taking that word and it's building up in you and building up. I tell you, you have more of the anointing right now than when you first started watching because God's kingdom is based on increase. I'm going to pray with my son for you, a simple prayer, very simple. All I'm going to pray is, Lord, anoint your people. So I lift my hands toward you and I pray for you in the name of Jesus Christ, the head of the church, all over the world. I've been looking at where you're watching from. All over the world. May the Spirit of God increase the anointing of His Spirit in you. I command you be filled with the Spirit and be refilled. May the Lord create in you a desire for this anointing. And may you never ever be the same after today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I release this word and the anointing to get in you. To quicken you. And change you. God won't change you for the worse. He'll change you, folks, for the better. Now, if you receive it, type in the words, I receive. Amen. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. We praise you, Lord, for your people. Amen. Amen. Glory. We want you to send your testimony. If God touched you, you have your miracle, you have your testimony. Send the testimony to info at miracle. Actually, we have another way, don't we, on the website that's better, Tiffany? Or, or would you prefer that they send the, to the email? The email. Send it to info at miracleword.com. We want to hear. You know, the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And as you tell your testimony of God's goodness, it doesn't just keep you in a place of overcoming. It helps somebody else by building their faith and putting them in position to receive what God has for them. And we want to hear what God's doing because we want to share it with people and let others know God is doing what he said he would do. And mm. so let us hear it. We want to hear your testimony. Look at the people receiving. Yeah, I receive. I saw Pastor oh, Ron Spencer on. I, Pastor I Mike saw Spencer. Carlos Williams. Yep. Mike Spencer. Absolutely. Glory to God. Glory we love to you. God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Joel Come Brewer. on, praise him, Sister Lord. Sister Sherry. <laughs> Sister Sherry. Millicent watching from, I believe, Ghana. Now, I used to be 362 pounds. So when I say fat, I overcame it. My wife said, now you make fun of everybody. You got that right. Amen. Get that fat off. <laughs> My father just released a brand new book entitled The Camels Are Coming. Uh -huh. uh, study on the gifts of the spirit. It's Brother volume Jeremy one. Allman. <laughs> and uh, volume two is coming very soon. But volume one's available right now. And that's our gift to you in the month of November. For everybody that's sowing a seed, and we're going to encourage you to sow a seed today by faith. And if you'd like to receive this uh, gift for the seed you're sowing, go to miracleword.com 
forward slash offer. Fill out the form. Let us know where we can ship this book. Hardcover edition of The Camels Are Coming. This is the introduction to the gifts of the Spirit, volume one of the study. On the gifts, how the Holy Spirit operates through the believer uh, to accomplish the purpose of God on the earth. is a You need it in your library. Absolutely need it in your library. It's our gift to you. If you Gina's already have a already copy, reading it. God yeah. bless you, Gene. If you already have a copy, there's a drop down. There's several other things that you can uh, choose there. Well, they're going to become a partner with you. Absolutely. And, and if you'd like you to that do are that. already partners, re-up, just like in the Army. Click on that button on the website that says partner. You can see everything that's happening. Yeah. You can fill out the form. You can join us. My father is coming, uh, by the way. I know Ninja said we can't wait to see you in Texas. You can check out all of the information at tedshuttlesworth.com and um, look at the schedule page, all of the upcoming uh, meetings that are going to be happening. Tent meetings for next year being planned. It's going to be a powerful year in 2022. Uh, Leticia, just go to miracleword.com and you can click on the partner page. Thank you. And uh, it's going to be a great and powerful year, but we're still confessing that before this year comes to an end, we're going to see wonders, supernatural wonders that people will not be able to explain. God's going to move so mightily, so powerfully that it's going to cause people's jaws to drop when they see what God does. Not something small, but something that is so significant that only God will be able to get the glory for what's going to happen. And so we're very excited. I know you're confessing that as well. We're going to be with, uh, what's his name, Michael Hankins and his dear wife. That's right. Church uh, in the City. Marcus and Joni Lamb are having your mother and I come on the program. Yep. Uh, I reached out to Brother Lingerfeld because he had asked me if I ever came down to come. There's about three or four places we're going to be ministering in Texas. It's going to be powerful. Absolutely. And then I'd like to take the brand new tent and put it up there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, at some point. Teddy will come and the musicians and mm -hmm. all of the people. But this is going to be the best year, I believe, 2022. Absolutely. Is going to be a year of breakthroughs and turnarounds for you folks. Yep. Just begin to say that. You can type it in there. Now, I saw a link there. If they want to give, uh, maybe um, uh, Felicia Rashad over there, she could put it in again. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's on the screen. Excuse me. MiracleWord.com. <laughs> I knew her name would come to me. Praise God. You see I'm it like there Dad, on the whatever. But, uh, yeah. So a gift today. Amen. Teddy's going on TV. I got a call from Dr. Hughes in Hawaii. Your program just started in India and Pakistan and South Africa. Yeah. And he said, I'm playing your son three times a day. He didn't say me. He said my son. <laughs> and so there you have it. The baton has been exchanged. <laughs> and now Teddy's taken off. Good. God bless him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's but wonderful. It's exciting that the Lord's opened all this television to you. About a hundred and some, what, what did I read the other day? 180 nations. Nations of the world. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's yep. good. Yeah, it's been awesome. And we're seeing people saved. We have it set up in such a way that we can see when somebody fills out the form, we disciple them immediately. But we're getting the uh, updates. Every time somebody gets saved, it pops up on my phone, shows me what country, wow. shows me where they're, where they're living. And then we're getting involved in the What's Next Discipleship Program. So it's amazing to see people being saved all over the world, countries I've never been to. But the God's doing the work through the television broadcast. Shouting Tammy's on, Sister Turner. Tammy Turner, we love you. <laughs> Brother Jack. 
We love all of them. I mean to tell you folks, you're a great crowd. I think you call it the Victory Tribe. Yep. Hey, let me say thank you. In April, my son, on behalf of the Victory Tribe, bought the first phase of the tent. That would be the two end sections and a middle. Now that's right by itself is a C, uh, 10, 10. That's 150 by 120. And then I got two more middles ordered. Which one of you will be in Tampa? Which one do you want? Take, a, take your pick. I'm going up to Tampa. I'll be preaching Wednesday night next week, a week from this Wednesday, yep. at the river, at the big pavilion. Looking forward to it. Yep. Teaching in the Bible school in the day. So I guess that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say thank you again, Victory Tribe, for that beautiful tent. They're working on it actually today. Started working on it last week. It's big. And um, uh, I, I just bought the first 1,000 chairs, and I got uh, 1,300 more to buy. And we're going to believe God to pack it out. Headed to Chicago with it, St. Louis, Dallas, uh, Baltimore, Miami. Columbia, South Carolina. we got a lot of great meetings planned, Lord willing, next year. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. Daryl, call your prime minister in the Bahamas. Tell him, get over the scare and open the country up. Amen. Ain't nobody dying anything. And uh, i got to get over to the Bahamas. I'd love, I would love to put a tent up in Nassau in the Bahamas and preach there for a whole month. Somewhere around January, February feels right in my spirit. <laughs> Lynn Ann, I feel like it will be, but we'll check. J Tiffany, do we know about the Friday night? Is it going to be broadcast live? We, we're not sure yet, but we think it may be. We are hopeful about it. <laughs> we love you. Thanks for hanging with us today. Thank you for sowing seed. Pray you receive a quick, quick, not only harvest, but an answer to your prayers. Let us hear your testimonies. Thank you to my dad for being on. We've got tonight, if you're not, uh, we want you to get there. If you, can, if you can be at the church, this is our final scheduled night of revival, Abundant Life Church, 7955 Royal Palm Boulevard in Margate, Florida. It's been a powerful week. And uh, if, you, if there's no way that you can get there, it is streaming uh, live tonight. And you can watch it. Starts at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Do not miss it. It's going to be powerful. We love you so much. Thank you. Don't forget new kids content today, new student content today. And we want to see you Friday night at the Holy Ghost service in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. We love you. Have a great one. Carolyn will be on at two o'clock today. See you guys very soon. Be blessed. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.